0: There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure you are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits.
1: And now it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic, because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips, because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. We certainly
2: are, Bill and Allison. Welcome, Hill Country, and good morning. All the ships at sea around the world. <laughs> We are Bill and Allison.
0: We thank you for joining us. Yeah, well, we do have a listener in Dubai and Singapore. What's
2: Dubai? Is that a country?
0: <laughs> yes, Bill. It's a country. And a
2: <laughs> Dubai. Listener. Not like Dubya. That's Dubai. <laughs> Dubai. Dubai.
0: Dubai.
3: All right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Singapore as
2: well. And <laughs> uh, they listen on hillcountrypatriot.com. It's <laughs> nice to know. 809 on a Saturday morning. It is the warm, warm, warm day. When are we going to get some rain, Allison?
0: When I looked at weather.com, we have a slight chance of thunderstorms on Thursday. I heard of something about a hurricane coming.
2: Have you heard there's a tropical storm and they think it might turn into a hurricane? Actually, actually,
0: actually I learned when when we first moved to to Hill Country that (laughs) hurricanes are a good thing. Uh, like when they hit Houston, because that bring, brings us rain. Yeah,
2: I when we first moved here 25 years ago. Yeah, people were excited people about People
3: said, oh, we're
0: not getting like a hurricane.
2: And I'm thinking, well, that's a good thing? But uh, it is around here. Anyway. <laughs> 810 in the morning, uh, we like to open our program with a verse. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew Henry wrote about this, All who thus come will receive rest as Christ's gift and obtain peace and comfort in their hearts, but in coming to him they must submit to his authority. He accepts the willing servant, however imperfect the services. Here we may find rest for our souls, and here only. It requires self-denial and exposes to difficulties, but this is abundantly repaid even in this world by inward peace and joy. Let us come to him daily for deliverance from wrath and guilt, from sin and Satan, from all our cares, fears, and sorrows. Isn't that beautiful? It is.
0: It is. Ma- Matthew Henry, you know I have eight, at least eight generations of Matthew Henrys in my family. That's true, you do. Mm-hmm. Is it eight generations? Mm -hmm. my my brother was the eighth wow the eighth i'm
2: matthew henry the eighth i am Uh okay Uh wow i didn't know
0: he was the eighth i knew he was
2: matthew henry well i of course he was not
0: called the eighth he was called the third because my father was junior and his father was senior but but going back going back five generations that
2: would be cool to mm -hmm. sign your name as the (laughs) eighth X x-i-i-i wow very cool indeed uh, well, Matthew Henry was a great. No, it would be V
0: I I, wouldn't
2: it? Oh, you're right, V I I. That'd be a thirteenth. <laughs> right. okay. uh, yeah, Matthew Henry was a great expositor of uh, of the scriptures, and uh, many people use his commentaries daily, and uh, certainly a good idea. Well, what have we got going? I know uh, you've got something rather interesting about this day in history. This what what happened this week in history, Allison? Mm-hmm,
0: this you, week, uh, yesterday. August 5th, 90 years ago, was the anniversary of the Stringtown shootout in Stringtown, Oklahoma. Oh,
2: well, the metropolis of Stringtown.
0: <laughs> We've been there, actually. We were. Well, actually, I was just going to say. For th- the reason. Th- th- there's a granite slab uh, at the site commemorating the shootout, and we have a photo of me standing next to it. Taken just a couple of years ago. I'll
2: tell folks about the shootout and your personal involvement mm-hmm. in. Allison was personally involved in a shootout.
0: <laughs> on, on, on that date, um, uh, 19, 1932, August 5th, Clyde Barrow uh, and his gang, and he was later to gain fame with Bonnie, uh, he killed his first lawman, Deputy Sheriff Eugene Moore. The Barrow gang went on to kill eight more lawmen. The first lawman killed by Clyde Barrow, Gene Moore, was my cousin.
2: And Allison's breaking up. <laughs> even, really. even though you never knew him.
0: No, but but I, I blame Prohibition for his death. Um, I blame Clyde Barrow for his <laughs> death. <laughs> I mean, Prohibition was truly evil. Uh, Clyde and his buddies were going to dance in Stringtown. Um, probably everybody in town was out at the dance. Um, the sheriff... And his deputy, my cousin, were called out because people were drinking alcohol, mm. and uh, so they approached Clyde's car, and uh, Clyde and his gang shot them. the The sheriff was seriously wounded, but Deputy Moore, my cousin, was killed.
2: The sheriff was in the hospital. I read for a year, mm-hmm. a year.
0: And and if if alcohol had not been prohibited, there wouldn't have been an issue.
2: Well, I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were in Gibsland, Louisiana. We were driving down I-10 and uh, came to the sign, Gibsland, Louisiana, and I said to Allison, I know where, what Gibsland Gibbs, is famous for, and that is the where Bonnie and Clyde were ambushed and killed by lawmen. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so we stopped in Gibsland. We went to the site. They have a plaque up there on the highway. It's just a you know, wide spot in the road, but there, that's it. And there's a little museum in Gibsland, uh, Bonnie and Clyde Museum. So we went in, nobody there except the owner, um, elderly man, and a tiny museum. But, you know, interesting stuff, some um, historical things about Bonnie and Clyde, memorabilia and all that. And uh, Allison was too shy to (laughs) say anything. So I I said to the man, "Uh, do you know the name Eugene Moore? And he said, of course I do. He's the first lawman killed by by Clyde Barrow, and mm-hmm. I said, "Well, meet his cousin." <laughs> the guy almost <laughs> fell over; it was hilarious. He said, "You're Eugene Moore's cousin." He said, "I'll tell you what." He said, "Every year, we have a Bonnie and Clyde festival in Gippsland. and it's a um, you know, it's they have a lot of you know street food and things like that. It's a festival, but we said we also have a symposium where authors come and professors and experts on the prohibition and the depression and." Gangsters of the thirties, and especially, you know, professional uh, historians, uh, and he said, y- "You would be
0: the queen of the symposium, <laughs> <laughs> the queen of the festival." And then COVID shut it down, so yeah, I wasn't uh, able to go uh, and be uh, queen. Know, be ordered, <laughs> but uh, you
2: can always hope. It's better than being uh, when I when I worked uh, when I worked a, a congressional campaign in southern Illinois, twenty uh, one county congressional district. There was. One county that is better than being this, Allison. They had, the, at their county fair, <laughs> they elected the pork queen. <laughs> so that's better than being a pork queen, let me tell you.
0: Well, I I ran for Miss Wool of Ohio. Miss what? Wool. Miss Wool? wool? <laughs> yes, I did.
2: Still, I'd rather have you Miss Wool than Miss Pork Queen. <laughs> I married the pork queen. Um, okay, good for you. Uh, we're talking about uh, what's going on in history, but we're also talking about what's going on in Hill Country and in history. Uh, the uh, Comfort Heritage Center is going to host the second printing distribution of Memories of the Great Comfort Flood of 1978. Um, uh, that will be today at the Comfort Heritage Foundation, which is 7th and High Streets in Comfort, from 9 to 1130. Uh, they're selling the books at $25. Um, the, uh, all proceeds from the book sales go to the comfort volunteer fire department. Uh, to, they, they need a bad weather and flood alarm system for the community. Uh, so that, that don't <laughs> laugh at that, but it's wrong with you. You're, you're, you're out of f- here. F- yeah. I'm
0: sorry. A flood warning.
2: Oh, you mean now? Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's no rush on the flood (laughs) (laughs) flood warning system. But anyway, no. uh, So stop by and get your book. Uh, That's today from 9 to 1130 at the Comfort Heritage Foundation, 7th and High Streets. And uh, the great flood of 78. Was that the one that uh, Pot of Gold Ranch? Was that where all those kids were built? Was that 78? Or was that much earlier than that? I should know. Maybe
0: maybe it was 78. Yeah, we, we have driven by that many oh, many, many times, times. Uh, you can still see on the old bridge to, on, on the way to some wineries down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just outside. Just wineries down that way. No, not, oh, per, not, no, um, not Pernos. Singing
2: wind and uh, back, B- uh, bending branch. Bending branch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and there you can still see the old bridge that was washed out and mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about that. You should uh, you should if you live here you should know about
0: that. Well, it was a very sad story. Um it, as I recall reading about it, um the, some people wanted the kids to stay. That they, they knew the flood was coming. Oh, this, was a,
2: this was a camp for kids. It was a camp for kids. Well, called Pot of Gold Ranch. That Pot of Gold Ranch is still there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but what happened was...
2: Um, We're going from memory here, folks. Not our memory, but <laughs> memory from reading about it. Yeah. People telling us about it.
0: Yeah. Um, so there was um, a group of people who wanted to keep the kids at the camp, figuring they would be safe there, but somebody else said, oh, no, no, we need to get them out. So they put them on a bus and they.
2: I knew you couldn't get through this story. I'm not sure I can either. They put them on a bus and as the bus was crossing the bridge, uh, apparently the bridge collapsed and uh, the bus went in the water and uh, a lot of kids were killed and injured. And
0: horrible. Yeah, I, I don't know how many kids died. Yeah. But if they'd st- stayed at the camp, they they, they would have yeah. been okay. Well,
2: people make mistakes. There are consequences. Eight nineteen on a Saturday morning. I've got uh, a rather lengthy item about something that happened this week in history. And Do we have time for it, or should we go to a break?
0: Maybe we should go to a break.
2: All right. Allison's uh, in charge of our break. She tells me <laughs> what to do and when I can talk. She and and doesn't tell me what to say,
0: but she does yeah. control my microphone. I do control this microphone. <laughs> and, and Okay, you're going to be talking about history. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really interesting story that I've been paying a lot of attention to this week. It's a rather gruesome story. Oh, good. Perfect for morning <laughs> radio. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know, Bill, if you, if you've been following this at all, but just this past week, um, a 23-year-old co-pilot jumped to his death over Fu- Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Uh, it was a very small plane. It was just him and the, and the, and the pilot, and they were coming in for an emergency landing, um, at raleigh and so they had to do a belly landing at raleigh raleigh uh durham airport and it landed safely but he, he jumped out of the airplane
2: that's weird nobody knows why
0: huh? now at, at first they thought <clears throat> that he he fell out um but based on 9 calls they have determined that that he actually jumped out well he
2: must have been high or crazy I, I don't know yeah i don't yeah. know
3: well okay good know.
2: all right so we've covered a guy jumping out of a plane <laughs> and kids being killed <laughs> So we'll have uh, some more uplifting stories for you when we come back from this break.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. How How about some fun stuff?
4: Blue skies over Sedona. Not a cloud in the sky. Headed for the coast for a better way of living And I just don't, don't know why Was I really leaving Or was I searching for that peace of mind When I found I had Texas on my mind Another day, another dollar, another footprint on my soul If I find another, I will surely be at home Was I re-
0: We'll be right back after this break.
4: This is Seth bringing you another hilarious installation of comedy clips. Starring Ross
5: Bennett. I'm starting to make noises when I don't want to make noises. (laughs) If I do any kind of work around the house, I make two noises. One noise when I do the work, and then another noise is about a second later. And it sounds like I'm thinking about the work that I just did. Now I'll show you and you'll get it. Watch this, okay, you ready for this? Here we go. Ah. <sighs> you want to get it? Are we all on board? That's the whole joke right there. Everything, too noises. I make noises doing almost nothing. Sitting down, I come home at the end of the day, I sit in my chair at the end of the day. Ah. Woo! Thank you! You know, I won't tell you how old I am. You know, it's actually bad luck in show business to reveal your age to an audience. But I'll tell you this: I recently purchased a bed. Okay, and the bed came with a 20-year warranty. And as I paid for it, I'm thinking to myself, this is my death bed. So I'm getting a pillow top. <laughs>
4: I deserve it. Stay tuned for your next comedy clip on the Hill Country Patriot.
6: God, I knew one more song, words and music of a lifetime. One more song
0: for you. welcome back that's kinky friedman who is going to be joining us next hour so stay tuned Mm 8
2: 26 saturday morning with bill and allison and we are sometimes wrong but we're
0: always right
2: we're always right absolutely right (laughs) uh on august 2nd 1964 the uss maddox destroyer was stationed in the Gulf of Tonkin, off the coast of North Vietnam. Uh, It was attacked by North Vietnamese torpedo boats. And then two days later, on August 4, the Lyndon Johnson administration claimed that it had been attacked again. After the second attack, the U.S. Congress passed a resolution almost unanimously allowing the federal government to, quote, Take all necessary measures to protect U.S. forces in Vietnam. Uh, that was as close to a, a declaration of war that the Johnson administration would ever get, and it started the uh, Vietnam War, and uh, which claimed over 58,000 American lives and more than three million Vietnamese lives, and it was all based on a lie. Mm-hmm. It was all based on a lie. Truth has finally come out. In the early 2000s, nearly 200 documents were declassified and released by the National Security Agency. They showed that there was no attack on August
0: 4th. Well, it was just like uh, the Spanish-American War, or well, as the, as the uh, Cubans call it, the Cuban-Spanish-American cuban Cuba, Cuban-Spanish
2: War, American yeah. War. But the uh, it, these documents showed there was no attack on August 4th. Uh, U.S. officials had distorted the truth about the Gulf of Tonkin incident for their own gains, perhaps for LBJ's own political prospects. Uh, it uh, it was based on a lie. Uh, you know there are a lot of false flag attacks. You know where uh, it, it it's uh, well, basically a false flag is a government attacking its own people. Uh, government carries out a terrorist attack and then falsely blames its enemy to get us into war against him to, to gin up public support for a war against uh, uh, whoever the government wants us to go to war against. Um, during the uh, Kennedy administration, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and you can it's very, it's very public knowledge, you go on the internet easily find it. North, Operation Northwood, and uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff proposed to President Kennedy um, the way to get the American people to support. An invasion of Cuba was to shoot down an aircraft, a commercial aircraft, and blame it on Cuba. Uh, they they didn't propose to take any American lives to do this, but they said, "Well, we'll send up a, an aircraft, and uh, it'll be a you know United or American Airlines or something, whatever. Uh, it'll be empty, and I don't know how they p- proposed to fly it, but they didn't have drones back then, but." Anyway, they said they'd do, we'd do this and uh, then shoot it down and blame the Cubans. And then we can go invade Cuba and everybody will be for it. And Kennedy said, You people are insane. You know, this may have led to his assassination. I don't know. But uh, the, the deep states. Well, one of the theories. The deep state certainly hated John F. Kennedy, and that certainly would have been part of it. Uh, but uh, that's false flag terrorism government attacking its own people and then blaming others in order to justify going to war against the people it blames Uh, the Nazi leader Hermann Goering said quote why of course the people don't want war but after all it is the leaders of the country who determine the policy and it is always a simple matter to drag the people along whether it is a democracy or a fascist dictatorship or a parliament or a communist dictatorship voice or no voice the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders that is easy all you have to do is to tell them they are being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. unquote. Hermann Goering, Nazi leader. Joseph Stalin, who was responsible for anywhere, nobody knows for sure, 20 to 80, at a minimum 20 million uh, murders, possibly as uh, many as 80, um, far more than Hitler. Joseph Stalin said quote, the easiest way to gain control of a population is to carry out acts of terror. The public will clamor for such laws if their personal security is threatened. So we saw saw what happened uh, about the Gulf of Tonkin. That's probably the most notorious false flag in American history that we know of, uh, resulting in the deaths of millions of people. Um, uh, We know that the Secretary of State, Robert McNamara, lied to a joint session of the Senate Foreign Relations and Armed Services Committees about the role played by the Navy in these the fake attacks a number of senators according to now declassified documents knew the incident in the Gulf of Tonkin was a false flag uh, a March 1968 closed session of the Foreign Relations Committee withheld a committee staff investigation that raised doubts over whether the Tonkin incident ever took place um, so you know this this is uh, I, I did some research on false flag attacks Uh, confirmed, not just theories and all this, Uh, found 42 instances, I mentioned Operation Northwoods, 42 instances where officials in the government, excuse me, which carried out the attack or seriously proposed an attack, admitted to it either orally or in writing. So just search for false flag on the Internet. And uh, you wonder how many, (laughs) you know, when you get to heaven and the Lord chooses to reveal to you what actually went on in american history you wonder how much <laughs> how much you think you know is completely wrong uh, totally wrong
0: well we we're just full of good news I, are, yeah today, aren't we, we? <laughs> okay so okay so, so so let's let's have a little little break here all right
7: i went to the bank today and um they didn't um respect my new identity you know i'm a white man I identify as a white man. You know, when I woke up this morning, I decided to change my identity, and um, everybody else would get to. You know, it worked for every. It worked for everybody else. And so, I changed my identity this morning to a white man, forty year old white man. Okay, uh, with good credit, with a credit score of eight hundred, and uh, a partner at a law firm. I never. I never really went to law school, but I identify as a lawyer um and um uh, i was trying to get a loan from the bank for a million dollars and told them you know my net worth was i identify as a wealthy white man, and the bank told me that I falsified my documents. How can you say I falsified my documents? when that's what I identify as as a white man I've been I decided I've been white all my life I'm really not that black if you look at me you like I'm not that black right you know I'm all like and um uh, and then they said my credit score was 599 no it's not my my credit score is 800, okay? Because that's part of my identity. Good credit is part of my identity. And I just don't think it's fair that everybody else get to change their identity. And then I can't even get away with it. The bank won't get me a loan. I identify as a lawyer. I went to the law firm, you know, and they told me to get out. Like, I identify as a partner of this law firm. You are, you are not going to tell me to leave. And... I was escorted out and um, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to just go back to being black.
0: Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, hillcountrypatriot.com, 104.3, 102.1, and first couple of firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Thank you for joining us. Okay, well, <clears throat> coming up tomorrow, Sunday, August 7th. If you happen to live in or be near Fayetteville, Arkansas, there's a really good opportunity for you at the Fayetteville Public Library. It's free from 3 to 9 p.m. It's a back to school festival. Resource and community connection at from 3 to 5 p.m. Free haircuts, school supplies, teacher connections, LGBTQ plus organizations and clubs, Name change info and gender support plans. God. And then six thirty to 9 p.m., dance party, live DJ, drag show, chill spots, middle and high school students only. Good Lord. This is in Fayetteville, Arkansas, yeah. tomorrow yeah. at the public library. Just saying.
2: Well, there's a you know I don't know what to say about that, but that's going on. Yeah, I, what I what I do have to say about it is if you have to send your child to a public school, you better know what they're being taught. And that's one good thing yeah. about COVID. Yeah. Pe- right. te- parents found out a lot of many anyway, what their kids were being indoctrinated with and it's mm-hmm. horrifying in mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. So find out what what's going on uh, in in your uh, in your schools. Go Go to the library, see what books they have there. There's there's been several instances of parents finding a book in the public library, pure pornography, you know, encouraging kids to go gay and trans and all this. There have been several instances where parents took a book to the school board, public uh, meeting of the school board, and got up and started reading out of the book, and they were shut down by the (laughs) school board. You can't read that pornography here, Mm -hmm. but the books in the school library.
0: And what, what Bill and I are, are just totally doing, we've talked about this a lot, just all of a sudden all this trans stuff is just totally taken over. It's, you know, there have been people doing, being trans for, you know, a long time, but all of a sudden it's, you know, it's so, it's so in your face. Um, for example, the libs of TikTok just got a hate speech warning from Facebook for posting this joke. So what did I miss? Were any new genders invented while I was away? They got a warning from Facebook. We have these standards because we want discussions on Facebook to be respectful. If your content goes against our community standards standards again, your account may be restricted or disabled.
2: Because of a joke that, Mm -hmm. gee, have any new genders been invented? Mm Mm-hmm. God made two genders, and the Democrats made the rest of them. That's <laughs> all I have to say. It's going to be a prayer gathering today from 1 to 2 uh, at the Kirk County Courthouse. Meet at the Flagpole Gazebo area. Um, it's a prayer gathering for our nation, and boy, do we need it. Um, and uh, So bring bring uh, thoughts and uh, the, that you have for prayer. Uh, it's going to be today, Saturday, uh, August 6th at the Kirk County Courthouse at the flagpole uh, by the gazebo. Uh, And uh, it's uh, certainly needed. You know, the 2nd Chronicle says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. So please, if you can do it today at all from 1 to 2 p.m. at the Kirk County Courthouse. at the gazebo for community prayer.
0: We we do need it because um, Biden's assistant secretary for health, Rachel Levine, a former man who is now, is a, a man. Yeah. She's Before. now per, oh, okay. Well, he, she is parading around as a woman um, said, and this is assistant secretary for health said, we need to empower kids to go on puberty blockers and get sex reassignment surgery.
2: Well, it's all part. Uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and it's all p- part of one agenda. Okay, this trans stuff, the homosexual pride crap, uh, abortion, euthanasia—probably uh, several others and I'm not coming to mind. Uh, it's all part of a death culture. Of course, that's obvious. Uh, it's for. Uh, it's it, all, well, okay. Proverb, proverbs, I believe. All those who hate me love death, the Lord said. And I was always mystified. How could you love death? They do. They love death. I I I can't explain it. It's demonic. But they love death. All these things, trans things, what what do they have in common? Death. Homosexuals don't reproduce. Trans people, if they get their surgery, they're not going to reproduce uh you know euthanasia, abortion. It's all a culture of death. It's satanic. Okay? And this call for population control, reduce the population, the World Economic Forum, uh, the Great Reset is all about reducing the population. Oh well, we have climate change and too many people and they're they're causing climate change and the you know world's gonna end in four minutes. It's it's all we, we have to reduce the population. Uh, Prince uh, Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband, who just recently died, wrote in the introduction to a book, and I have read it, when I die, I hope I come back as a deadly virus and kill 95% of the people in the world. Mm-hmm. He said that. Mm-hmm. He wrote it. So these people are obsessed with death. Mm-hmm. Not their own death. They're, they're not the ones who are going to, they don't, they don't want us. Uh, they don't want themselves to die. They want us to die. It's a culture of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this brings me to 845, whole country Patriot time. Uh, it brings us to,
7: <laughs> it brings me
2: to looking at Allison saying we need to take a break. <laughs> uh, when we come back, however, <laughs> I want to tell you about a poll that is absolutely stunning about people Attitude toward the United States government. I, I couldn't believe this poll. It's absolutely astounding uh, about what they want to do about the government.
0: Well, we look forward to hearing that right after the break. Kinky Friedman, Hill Country Zone, Kinky Friedman. Who is going to be on this One show song next hour.
6: To get me down the highway, where I'm going, I wish to God I knew. One more song, words and music of a lifetime. One more song for you.
0: Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, HillcountryPatriot.com, 104.3, 102.1, and first couple of com.
2: well I uh, promised you that I'd talk about a poll that i, I, I just <laughs> it's amazing it's absolutely amazing I'm not sure what to think about this whether it's good or bad A poll conducted by the University of Chicago uh, the Institute of politics shows a, a, i i <laughs> just they were asked. a representative sample of uh, Republicans, Democrats, and independents were asked, uh, do you agree with this statement? It may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government. That's the question. About a third of all Republicans, Democrats, and independents said yes to that. Mm Soon. Soon. They may have to take up arms against the United States government. This was done uh, last month. Uh, Thirty-seven percent of gun owners doesn't surprise me. uh, Agreed with that. Surprises not more, but yeah. But when it was broken down by party affiliation, thirty-three percent of Republican voters agreed that it may be necessary at some point soon for citizens to take up arms against the government, and. Even more than Republicans, independents said that they agreed with that. Thirty-five percent of independents said it may be necessary to take up arms. So, and one in every five Democrat voters believe they may have to take up arms soon against the U.S. government. One in every five, twenty percent of Democrat voters. I don't know. I don't know what their (laughs) beef is. (laughs) Really. (laughs) uh, of course, they got, they got slow Joe running they're you know, captaining their ship, so they realize that's going, going, going under for the last time.
8: Democrats and other locust-like destroyers of the good and the beautiful are working hard to figure out how to finance Joe Biden's important new plan to transform America into a socialist economic wasteland. In the tradition of Black Lives Matter, which has caused the death of thousands of black people, and the anti-fascist movement, which is a fascist movement, the plan is called Build Back Better because it will destroy everything and make it worse. According to the Biden administration, the Build Back Better Destroy Everything plan will cost nothing if they can only raise the $5 trillion needed to pay for it. So far, however, they haven't been able to agree on where the money would come from. Congresswoman Alexandria Occasional Cortex says the stork will bring it, whereas Nancy Pelosi says it will grow in a magic cabbage patch. And Rashida Tlaib says the Jews are hiding it all and Israel must be destroyed so that Palestinians can be free to oppress women and grind their populations into merciless poverty without being embarrassed by Israel's freedom and prosperity. Paul Krugman, meanwhile, the financial columnist for The New York Times, a former newspaper, says the government can simply print the money because that will have no adverse effects on growth or inflation, according to the voices speaking into his brain through the magic hat he made out of a roll of tinfoil. Krugman was immediately awarded the Nobel Prize for most attractive tinfoil hat worn by a total lunatic. The Democrats, meanwhile, are continuing to discuss other methods of raising the money to pay for the cost-free destructive plan for betterment. One suggestion is that Democrat congressmen break into houses in the dead of night and steal silverware and small electronic devices that can then be fenced for thousands of dollars, leaving only $4,999,999,997,000 left to account for in the cost-free plan. Other Democrats suggested they could enlist Pussy Galore to spray nerve gas over Fort Knox so that Goldfinger's private army can break in and chain James Bond to a bomb that will irradiate the American gold supply, thus causing the gold medals of the American women's soccer team to still be worth absolutely nothing. But so far, the most popular suggestion among Democrats is for President and venal houseplant Joe Biden to clench his fists for no reason and whisper creepily about non-existent American trillionaires paying their fair share. That will cause a diversion while Democrats tax the middle class out of existence and wield the power of subservient corporations to cow and silence the remaining poor so that globalist leftist tyrants can seize unbridled control of government in order to slaughter unborn babies, foster riots and crime in American cities, hand our borders over to drug cartels, train our children to be racist catamites and lay waste to American family and religious life because they're the good guys (laughs) and black lives matter. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh man i love that i don't know who did that but i love it i found it somewhere and recorded it
0: just, it sort of sounds like uh what's his name o'donnell on msnbc but i sort of doubt i, it. Doubt, it I sort of yeah, doubt
2: it i doubt that i doubt that oh man that's that that was great that was great you know we were talking about uh talking about this poll that uh said that uh a large uh, percentage of uh, people think that they may have to take up arms against the government uh, very soon. Uh, also, in this poll, nearly half of American voters, 49%, agree with the statement that, quote, I more and more feel like a stranger in my own country. Half of American voters feel that way Democrats, Republicans, independents. Uh, and a majority in this poll of American voters poll done by the University of Chicago, agree with the statement claiming the United States government is, quote, corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. Now, that that view is more prominent, as you would expect, among Republicans and self-identified conservatives, but get this, get this, 51% of voters who call themselves very liberal agreed with the statement that the government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me that's something there is something going mm-hmm. on in this country mm-hmm. there is something going on uh, and it may be good i'm not advocating people take up arms against the government because you know it sounds like a losing proposition to me
0: Well, we do have elections coming up in november we
2: have elections that's that's the way we change our government in the united states we don't you know we don't shoot people uh and uh it's uh, of course that's what many of the left want see they want a uh, civil war because then they'll just you shoot us. Mm-hmm. They'll just kill us all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what they want. So a lot of them are advocating for a civil war. And I wouldn't be surprised we're talking about fa- false flags earlier uh, in the uh, conversation. Of course, they want gun control to take our, our guns away from us. But if they can't do that, they'd like a civil war. So they have a good excuse to kill us all, mm-hmm. all you yeah. know, all the right wingers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that. Unfortunately, but uh, you know, I'm I'm on a on a happier note. Six fifty-seven, <laughs> Hill Country Patriot time. We have a new member of our family, Allison.
0: Oh, we do, we do. I was wondering if you were going to talk about. I am Sam Samuel to. Lafayette Walton Mencaro. Oh, oh, okay.
2: Yes, we word. have a new puppy. His name, as Allison said, is Samuel Lafayette Walton Bencaro. Uh just Sam for short. <laughs> But he is so cute. I wish I could show you all a picture of him. It's a picture I took the other day, just yesterday, actually, of him chewing on a That's stick. And he's looking up with his eyes just did in, you send into the to, camera. Did
0: you send it to Debbie?
2: I sent it to Debbie, Good. our, our Good. sister-in-law. Yeah, I did. But uh, he's a Springer Spaniel puppy. And we've been looking for a puppy for a long time. We looked at rescues in all sorts of places. And we finally finally found a um, little Springer Spaniel to replace our Springer Spaniel who died it. Natural causes at age 16, which is very old for a Springer. Um, so we, uh, we're we having fun with him. It's uh, <laughs> a house looks like a, a tornado hit it. He gets every piece of paper he can find and tears it apart. Uh, even though he's got toys, you know, we bought him several toys and he'll.
0: He, he prefers he tearing prefers up paper. Pa- paper <laughs> and
2: the plastic cup on the wood floor is his favorite toy. It just bounces all over and he loves that. And we're going into the throes of housebreaking. and uh, He's pretty good about he's that. He's gotten much better since we, we got him just last Saturday, a week ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he's better than he was, and he's learned his own name, and he's learned to fetch. Uh, he learned to fetch in just a couple of th- tries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sits at your feet, and uh, he's an amazing he little dog. He
0: seems to be almost responding to his name, I think. Yeah. I think. He's
2: named after Allison's grandfather, Sam
0: Walton, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, who was... <laughs> Unfortunately, not these Sam Walton, but we'll talk about that later.
0: And we will be back right after this break.
1: The Hill Country
0: Patriot.
1: Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison
0: Mencaro. <laughs>
2: welcome back. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> No, turn the microphone on. I it, forgot to turn it. You know, it is radio. I
0: forgot to turn the microphones on.
2: That's all right. I, I, uh, I used to work at a radio station in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, and uh, it was a tiny FM station. And uh, I used to tell, I think the wattage, actually, of the coffee maker was more than <laughs> the station. And uh, I used to joke to people, I said, you know, we really wanted a wider audience, more people listening to us. Let's just turn the microphones <laughs> off and open the windows and shout. <laughs> no, I think that uh, that would have done it. 907 Hill Country Patriot Time. We welcome you all of our listeners around the uh, Hill Country, whether you're in Kerrville, Fredericksburg, Comfort, Bandera, Hunt, Ingram, Johnson City, Mountain Home, Center Point, and in Byron's between and also on hillcountrypatriot.com around the world. And we know we have listeners in Singapore, Dubai. Dubai um in um Amarillo <laughs> we do, we do? yeah I know about that and uh okay. places in between okay. today let's see Saturday today is August 6th from 10 a.m to 3 p.m starting at about an hour uh, at the Lake Hills Community Center uh, you'll have the opportunity to donate blood and uh, boy do, is it needed it, it's really needed uh, and all donors can choose from hundreds of e-gift cards that they'll give you. Um, so uh, make sure you, you do that. It's very important. Save a life this summer. Uh, that's uh, 10 to 3 at the Lake Hills Community Center, uh, which is uh, on Highway 37, I believe, uh, in Lake Hills. Today the Kerrville Area Chamber of Commerce Business Expo is going on. At the Hill Country Youth Event Center, mm-hmm.
0: and our station is going to be broadcasting live right. from there.
2: Yeah, our uh, I think it's Ranch Ranch Radio, I think,
0: mm-hmm. but uh, Ranch Radio
3: Ranch Radio Group. Right. Yes,
2: right. Uh, And it's free and open to the public. It'll have a hundred over a hundred booths uh, come to interact and network with businesses, organizations, members of the Kerrville community. Allison and I plan to stop by. And, uh, so maybe we'll see you there. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's, she'll be the tall blonde, gorgeous blonde. (laughs) And I I won't be, (laughs) but Uh, but
0: he will be wearing pink flamingos on his shirt. (laughs) Yes. I have a,
2: if you, if you're there and you want (laughs) to want us, I can't imagine why you'd want to meet us, but if you do, I'm wearing a pink flamingo shirt. Mm
0: -hmm. So uh, that's uh, turquoise with pink flamingos on it. I have great taste.
2: When we first, when we first met, I dressed really nicely, didn't I? When we
0: first met. Oh gosh! Excuse I, me. I, I'm surprised I actually went out with you. What? <laughs> I thought. I thought it was
2: the clothes make the man. You know, I figured you'd, <laughs> that's the reason you went out with
0: me. Yeah, orange, orange plaid jacket, sport coats. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and a, and a, I'm polyester <laughs> and a polyester, and a yellow. I remember a yellow tie and a uh-huh. pink shirt and an orange jacket. <laughs> I thought, and. I don't remember the color of my pants. It really is truly shocking. Red pants. It's
0: truly shocking that I went out with you. (laughs) I thought that was classy. I
2: swear. Seriously. Fortunately, I did not dress that way uh, as as a Capitol Hill staffer. Actually, as you
0: did. I I, I remember seeing that orange plaid jacket walking down the hall. Seriously, I did? Yes, yes. How embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, and you also had a couple of leisure suits. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Texas
2: Ranger Day and History Symposium today at 9 to 3, just starting right now in Fredericksburg at Fort Martin Scott. Uh, $25, uh, sorry, $30 to get in. I don't know what they charge you to get out, but $30 <laughs> to get in. Uh, your tic- However, your ticket includes lunch oh,
0: wow, and a, parking. That's a, that's a bargain. And
2: parking. Of course, we know what a parking problem there is in the uh, Fort Martin Scott. But anyway... Uh, 30 bucks gets you in to get lunch and it's Texas Ranger day his, and history symposium at Fort Martin Scott. Everybody knows where that is. It's, you, you just go out of town on 290 toward Johnson city and before you hit the city limits on your left is Fort Martin Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, arts and crafts vendors will be on the courthouse lawn in downtown Bendera today from nine to four and a lot of other things going on today. So those, those are some of them But stay tuned. You'll hear some more. All right. What you got, else I
0: thought, I thought people would be interested in, in hearing about uh, company employees' donations to midterm dem- Democratic candidates, broken down by company. Uh, and this is, this is the percentage of uh, employee contributions that are going to Democrats. Netflix, 99.6%. Twitter, 98.7%. Airbnb, 97.8%. Apple ninety seven point five percent, Lyft ninety six point one, Google ninety six percent, Facebook ninety four point five percent. These
2: are the percentages again as we go through this, mm-hmm. of the money. What is the percentage again?
0: These are these are employee donations to okay. midterm Democratic candidates.
2: What what's the percentage mean?
0: The the percentage of the employees that are that.
9: Oh, that voted
2: that donated to Democrats versus right. Republicans. Right, so right, right. Ninety-eight percent of Google employees voted. Uh, right. voted. Um, gave money to Democrats versus two percent gave to Republicans. Is that exactly. What you're saying? Oh, exactly. Okay. okay. So go okay. ahead
0: with your list. Uh, Tesla, ninety-three point nine percent. eBay, ninety-three point five percent. PayPal, ninety-two point two. Microsoft, ninety-one point seven. Amazon, eighty-nine point three. Uber, eighty-one point five. HP, uh, Hewlett-Packard, 80%, Intel, 785 and Oracle, 66.1%.
2: Most of those are high-tech companies, aren't they? They seem, they sounded like it to me. I mean, I call Tesla a high much. Tech
0: company. Yeah, you know? pretty much. And
2: Airbnb is, you know, based on the internet and all that. So that tells you how left-wing mm-hmm. these companies are.
0: Exactly. You know? try, exactly.
2: Try not to do business with them. I mean, it's hard not to do business with them. But, for example, when I buy, buy a book, I go to the Friends of the Library in, in Kerrville, uh, their book sales on Saturdays and on Wednesdays, and buy books a lot cheaper. You can buy them online, uh, and uh, you know, you're not supporting some left-wing, goofy organization that wants to kill you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Well, we talked earlier in the show about uh, leftism as a culture of death. Mm-hmm. You know, with, uh, in fact, that brings me to my latest point. I have the time. Do I, Allison? You do. Okay. Uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture last month announced in order for schools to receive funds for student lunches, breakfasts, and other food items, they must comply with the, its, its interpretation uh, of Title uh, IX title of the education amendments. Title IX is discrimination based on sex, and they have decided, uh, the Biden administration decided, to include gender identity, under Title Nine. Under Title Nine, and they say that's... if Biden is, you know, his his um, handlers, his caretakers, say that um, if schools don't, if schools discriminate on based on self-professed gender identity, that they're going to take food away from all the children. Wow! Take their money that's, for that's student just, lunches and breakfasts. Obscene, isn't it? Obscene, obscene. Schools awarded money from the Food and Nutrition Service, an agency within USDA, must specify in their policies that discrimination based on gender identity is prohibited. Wow. You know, it's a, it's, that's a new level of evil. Mm-hmm. Holding up food assistance mm-hmm. for low-income mm-hmm. kids unless schools do the left-wing bidding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, ugh. Disgusting. But that's that's the, you know, that's why we need prayer. That's why we need that, uh, where is it here? That's why we need to go to the Kirk County Courthouse today from 1 to 2 p.m. at the gazebo for community prayer. And uh, let's keep our hurting nation in prayer. And uh, so please be there today, Saturday, August 6th, 1 to 2 p.m. Meet at the gazebo area at the Kirk County Courthouse and pray. Because Second Chronicles 7, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and will heal their
0: land. We'll be right back after the break, and this is Kinky Friedman, and this song, a large part of it was recorded. At Echo Hill Ranch in Kinky and his sister Marcy God, Friedman will be in the studio momentarily to be talking about song, Echo Hill in person. Words and music of a lifetime.
6: One more song for you. One more song for everyone who helped me kept me strong while I was sinking in the blue Sometimes the ones who never even met you are the ones who finally get you through The lessons that you can't forget are the only ones you learn And love's a gift you sometimes can't return When you're standing on the bridge that wouldn't burn I woke up in one more cheap motel room Beyond lights still flashing Little children splashing in the pool One more song For them to someday sing along with One more chance To make a hero of a fool Lessons that you can't forget Are the only ones you learn Love's a gift you sometimes can't return. when you're standing on the bridge that wouldn't burn one more song to get me down
0: welcome back we're bill and allison hillcountrypatriot.com 104.3 102.1 and first couple of Texas, Texas radio.com. Radio. <laughs> I just want to do it slowly so people could write it oh, down. <laughs> oh, write it down and memorize it. We didn't give ourselves that name. That was the uh, station
2: that did that. And we're very grateful that they did. We would not do that ourselves. Uh, a couple of things I want to get to before we run out of our time. Uh, today at the Junction City Park, there'll be the day of weekly farmer's market. There's no charge to attend. Family, friends, pets are welcome. Uh, so we have another farmers market in Kerrville today, from eight to noon, and that's in the parking lot of the River Hills Mall, which is mm-hmm. right in front of J.C. Penney's, and it's really it's a it's a, it's a nice farmers market. Also, mm-hmm. I've been there a couple of, uh, several times actually. Mm-hmm. We have uh, also a farmers market today in Comfort Park from eight to noon. Uh, so don't forget to go that. And uh, today there are old county jail tours of the old Gillespie County Jail uh, in Fredericksburg. From uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. today, uh, two dollars per person, age six and up, and uh, free if you claim you're under six year, uh, <laughs> six years old. Uh,
0: I don't know. Do you think I'd pass? If you well, you can identify
2: <laughs> as being under six. There, that's there, how you do it.
0: There you go. There you that's go. How you do it? Uh,
2: the European Union has ruled that the larval stage of the Tenebrio molitor beetle, otherwise known as the mealworm, is safe for people to eat. Allison is thrilled to hear that. (laughs) Uh, The National Institutes of Health says that, uh, however, edible insects transmitting parasitic diseases may pose a threat to humans and animals. So the National Institutes of Health is is saying things that the European Union isn't saying. Uh, They did a sampling of mealworm farms, house cricket farms, Cockroach farms. Did you know was, I used to live in one? Actually, but it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wasn't a commercial adventure. And locust farms you didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> showed that thirty percent of the bug farms have parasites that were potentially pathogenic for human beings. Oh. Um, you know, of course, the elites want us to eat bugs. They don't want us to. They want us to eat manufactured foods, laboratory foods, and bugs. Uh, so they put farmers out of business, uh, and. Why do you think Bill Gates is the largest farm owner, farm, farm land mm-hmm. owner in the world, mm-hmm. uh, except maybe for China, who's also buying up American? Well, he's a, he's the
0: largest in the United States. He's the largest in the United
2: States. Uh, do the elitists eat, eat bugs at their banquets at the World Economic Forum? Maybe they do. <laughs> uh, <I laughs> we we, would, think we so. wouldn't think I don't think so. Uh, they, you know, they're they're using this this uh, climate change crap to tell us that we should eat bugs and uh, don't eat. Uh, don't eat real food um a world economic forum article from 2016 says it all quote welcome to 2030 i own nothing have no privacy and life has never been better that's their goal however eating bugs is just the beginning of what they have in store for you now if if i hard to i'm not wearing a tinfoil hat right now okay (laughs) uh I I said early in the show, the whole scheme of this, this climate change stuff and everything else, is about population reduction. Uh, Prince Philip said in his uh, introduction to a book, I want to come back as a deadly virus and kill 95% of the people. That's how insane this is. But you look at abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, uh, transgenderism, which is uh, sterility, essentially, uh, allowing murder rates to skyrocket in democratic cities, um, it's highest on record in many of them. Uh, encouraging homosexuality even among kindergartners. The latest now—you won't believe this—is cannibalism. Cannibalism. Allison, we've got an audio about that because I Swedish
10: behaviorist suggests cannibalism to combat climate change. Appearing on Swedish television to talk about an event based around the food of the future. Magnus Sutterloon said he would be holding seminars on the necessity of consuming human flesh in order to stop climate change, environmentalists blame the meat and farming industry for a large part of what they claim is the warming of the earth. According to Suterlund, a potential fix would be the soil and green solution of eating dead bodies instead. He told the host of the show that one of the biggest obstacles to the proposal would be the taboo nature of corpses and the fact that many would see it as defiling the deceased. Suterlund also acknowledged that people are slightly conservative when it comes to eating things they are not accustomed to, such as cadavers. According to his research, the main problem with the idea is the widespread taboo of eating human flesh and said that conservative attitudes could make it hard to convince Swedes at large to take up the practice of cannibalism.
9: A scientist, researcher and professor recently suggested at a summit in Sweden that climate change might lead to cannibalism. The scientist Magnus Soderlund, from the Stockholm School of Economics, made the comments during his talk titled, Can you imagine eating human flesh as part of the gastro summit? When I originally saw this story, my first thought was that things seem to have gotten to the point that they are beyond parody. I hate to admit it, but after reading about his talk, I guess I have to say that I was wrong. What I thought could only ever be stated in satire has now been earnestly suggested, and not just by some random lunatic in his mom's basement either. No. A respected scientist and professor actually made this suggestion, and I can't help but feel like I'm losing my mind. Listen up. I'm not going to eat people. Okay? Not now, not ever. See, most people actually have this thing called some level of basic decency and lack this thing called complete and total depravity. And that's what would make them not want to eat people. Also, as the New York Post notes, there are health risks associated with humans eating humans. Yes. Surprised that Mr. Scientist didn't seem to know this, but eating human flesh can actually cause a deadly disease called Kuru.
0: Okay, this is Kinky Friedman. And coming up after the break, Kinky is with us here in the studio. And he and his sister, Marcy Friedman, are going to be talking to us about Echo Hill Ranch and the Gold Star Camp this summer.
6: I wish to God I knew. One more song, words and music of a lifetime One more song for you Copper love is gone, but her memory's living on In every tree and rock on Echo Hill And a river flowing by puts a teardrop in my eye. Tells me that her spirit's with us still Copper love is gone, but this is her song May we sing it as long as we live And may this melody bring peace to you and me And help us to love and forgive Old Clovis was right there, lying by her easy chair He could hear strange voices on the phone He'd waited all day, till the sun had went away Copper love was never coming home Copper love is gone wherever they go To help so many so much and we're all left behind we're spiritually blind so copper please keep in touch was right there lying by her easy chair he could hear the people crying on the phone he'd waited all day but he'd once been astray and he knew that copper found another
3: home
0: well welcome back we're bill and allison and that was kinky friedman singing about copper love and uh, kinky and his sister marcy friedman are in the studio today and they're going to give us an update on echo hill but first um we want to hear about copper love pleasure to be here (laughs) thank you sir
1: Uh, (laughs) i'll let uh well i can tell you that uh, brings a tear to uh, to my eye. Uh, Copper's loss uh, was huge uh, to the spiritual uh, aspect of uh, hill country people. I mean, there's people all over the place. Uh, Copper was an artist. Uh, and she she did a book with me. You know.
11: She illustrated uh, Heroes of a Texas Childhood. I forgot oh, okay. the title of
1: my book. <laughs> uh, Her- little Heroes Sisters of a for. Texas Childhood, uh, art by Copper Love. And I think you can get that uh, pretty easily. But uh, anyway, I, I have a new introduction.
7: La la hula
0: la hula la, la, I'm a Jean. <laughs> A little jarring <laughs> for for this early in the morning. <laughs> well, I I understand that that and from your song, um, Copper Love was very important to um, um, Echo Hill.
1: Copper taught just about everything from horseback riding. He was an expert. Uh, swimming, to swimming, to, she was what everybody that's associated with camping in any way, what they would like to, to be. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: so. Anyway, Marsh, you've got.
11: Well, Copper uh, first came to Echo Hill, I believe, in a 1969. And she was such a a big part of it. And as Kink was saying, her abilities not only as as a painter and an artist uh, with uh, workshops, classes, and also painting on her own and painting outside the beautiful nature, but also her skill with horses. She was one of the first people in working with horses. She was a barrel racer and quite skilled to move to the treatment of horses and training in a much more gentle way a uh, way that's taken over sort of the uh, the horse whisperer, which is now taken over the field almost exclusively, but at that time was something very, very new. As Kink said, she's uh, known very well here locally, but also she had traveled all over the world. And an uh, insight I wanted to share into her life, one is that a workshop that she taught locally and uh, overseas was called The Joy of Life. And I think that Kinky's song really captures Copper's spirit because it is about life and loss that is so grievous, but also how life keeps going on and and the sort of happiness of the tune and the idea that she is here with us still.
0: It's a great tune. I I love it.
11: Uh, Copper even wrote a children's book about vultures. She felt (laughs) that people picked on vultures too much and that they were actually very important birds. It was the story of Moot Mildred. So I think that that also um, uh, is is a part of how she saw the world. She also um, always uh, adopted dogs and helped us with the Utopia Animal Rescue Ranch. And in fact, Clovis, the the dog in the song, uh, she had adopted uh, uh, shortly before we lost her. I would also mention mysteriously that Copper's got her nickname at Echo Hill Ranch. I don't know if we'll reveal uh, what her real name was, (laughs) but I don't think anyone's used it for about 50 years. As you might assume, she had a beautiful, beautiful red hair. She was a natural redhead fourth of three sisters all three were blondes and copper was the redhead was
0: our red. <laughs> well we've been talking about echo hill um we of course know all about echo hill but um uh, mercy and or kinky um explain again to people who might not know about the camp
1: well uh echo hill which uh echo hill has been a running since uh, the 50s when my parents, it was their their dream to have a a camp for boys and girls in Texas. And they came from Chicago, from uh, Minneapolis and so forth that area. And uh, anyway Echo Hill's been around a very long time and it was uh, closed for a little period of time, ten years maybe and and uh, now uh, we're bringing it back. Uh, this will be our third summer coming up mm-hmm. and everybody uh said we couldn't do it, especially because we're doing it in a kind of a different way, uh, which is uh, I'll turn that over to Marcy now about what is significant and different about
0: about gold star. And Marcy is the camp director.
1: She is a volunteer camp
0: director.
1: And mm-hmm. maybe the only one going that's a volunteer camp director.
11: <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks. So with Echo Hill Ranch Gold Star Camp, uh, I've uh, been a foreign service officer, and I've served in a number of conflict areas, and I also spent some time at Fort Bragg at the National Defense University. And at that time, I made some close friends uh, from our special forces, and as Kinky and I were talking about ways to reopen the camp that would keep the spirit of Echo Hill, keep the philosophy of Echo Hill, but share it with a, the with a very deserving population, we came up with the idea to reopen the camp with the Echo Hill program's philosophy and approach for children from a Gold Star families. And we serve uh, three populations. Uh, the first are the children from Gold Star families uh, who lost their family member or loved one in combat. The second are children of fallen heroes, so children who lost their father or parent uh, in service to the country. And third, children of a fallen first responder, so children of firefighters and police. And for us, we, uh, we think that the loss is the important part of it, and that if children can come together, have fun, know that everybody else is walking on a similar path, that really normalizes it, lets kids relax and have a good time in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Uh, our ranch, Echo Hill, is about 300 acres. It's nestled in its own little green valley and has a river that comes above ground for about a mile. And the children uh, have a chance, like I said, to, to relax and have fun and, and make friends, lasting friendships. Um, so we're not a program for grief counseling. Although those programs are very valuable. But the The knowledge that you're not going to be the only person that has to stand up and talk about the worst day of your life, or you're not the only person who's not going to have anyone to write to on Father's Day, or or that there's a daughter-daddy dance coming up, has been very, very powerful. And it's really worked, and it's drawn in a lot of wonderful, wonderful volunteers, uh, from Echo Hill alumni to military volunteers who've given thousands of hours to our, our local friends and businesses. And one of the groups that has stepped up to help us is called Friends of Copper Love. And this group has been a big supporter to Echo Hill Ranch Gold Star Camp. And uh, we welcome them very much in the spirit of Copper Love. And there is room and space for anybody who would like to help us, help us as volunteers, help us through donations. You can uh, reach reach me and Kinky at echohill.org, echohill.org. And I believe that it's very much in the spirit of a copper's life. And I believe that the camp has many guardian angels watching over it, watching over us and the children. And we feel we have a sacred responsibility for. And I believe that copper saw the world in terms of sacred responsibilities that also were fun. <laughs> <laughs> These were fun. Uh,
0: but that, that that world was very much with us. Well, uh, Bill, and, Bill and I were out the... Uh very first day of the first camp session and back in June and that was fun seeing that all the kids could get, get off the the buses and we we they went for the uh, flag lowering and and then we they went to their bunks and then we joined them um, for hamburger dinners <laughs> and that had, and I understand that the, the both camp sessions went went very well
11: yes they were beautiful two 10 day sessions last year we had 62 children this year we had 101 children which is great, it means the children had a great time and came back and brought their friends, but it also means that the mothers and families felt comfortable. And these are families who've experienced great trauma, so we're very honored that they trust us with their children. And to get everyone together, we've arranged to meet at the San Antonio International Airport. And the airport has been very supportive to us, the airport and the USO. They host, uh, host uh, the children when they arrive with uh, music and uh, uh, refreshments and uh, a disc jockey, all kinds of action. And the children, we have our volunteers there, they can meet and get to know each other even before they leave the airport. So we had children this summer from 16 different states, and we had a number of children coming in from all around Texas. So everybody met at the airport, and then as Allison said, they all come up to camp on the bus together. So camp can start together for everybody.
0: Yeah, and when we saw them, um, it it seemed to be obvious that they were already bonding um, with each other. I mean, I know you know, like if I, my first day at camp, I would have been sort of awkward and shy, but they seem <laughs> to be, you know, bonding.
11: Yes, they do. And at Echo Hill, we see each child as an individual. So as you said, there may be somebody who's more shy and needs a little bit of encouragement to get going with new friends. There may be somebody who's very outgoing and has a lot of friends and may want to deepen those relationships. So we really look at, at each child as he or she really is. and We want them to have a chance to relax and to be themselves. We've seen sometimes uh, in the families that when there's a loss or the children are in a military or first responder family, one child feels like they really have to be the adult, the man or woman of the house, and they take on a lot of responsibility. Sometimes a a child feels like, well, I've got a sibling taking on all the responsibility. I might as well not take any. (laughs) So it's really a chance. That's our situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who who takes responsibility in your family? (laughs) (laughs)
11: He's the head of our household. (laughs) What
0: uh,
2: Marcy, uh, what uh, really impresses me too is that uh, probably almost all of these kids have never met another child in their situation, having lost a parent uh, in those circumstances. And this is a chance for them to perhaps form lifelong friendships. Yes, Exactly.
11: Uh And uh, we do well, they know, never
1: met a met a horse in person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most of them have
11: not. It's also a great chance to enjoy being outside in the country, see the beautiful stars of the Texas Hill Country. Uh, we have uh, horses and uh, a number of dogs that the children love, and uh, the horses and dogs love them.
1: Feline therapy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not feline. Canine. Canine.
11: Canine.
1: Canine. Canine. and servant Canine. therapy. We had it mixed our, up with feline. <laughs>
11: <laughs> we have How about Bambino? We had our uh, baby deer this summer, so servit therapy. And uh, Bambino, if somebody felt upset or angry, you just pat Bambino, our little baby deer, our fawn that we had rescued, and you can really see the, the child. Just, just calm down and relax. Tell us a little more about Bambino. <laughs> Bambino, Bambino,
0: bitty, bitty Bambino. <laughs> tell tell, tell her. Bambino, uh, Tell everybody what Bambino is and where he Bambino lives. Bambino lives in Marcy's house. And, and, and now explain to, the, to our audience what Bambino is.
11: Well, unlike my imaginary unicorns of my childhood, Bambino does exist. He's a, a little fawn that was rescued uh, by one of our friends. Uh, sadly, the uh, Bambino's mother had been killed by the highway near Bandera, and he saw this little tiny fawn just sitting there we brought bambino to us and we've been uh, nurturing him and taking care of him so he will be able to go back into the wild and make his dear friends and, and live on with his dear life but uh, he is living in the house with me he's kind of taken over the house <laughs> but it's very comforting
0: do you think can he go out in the wild or is he so used to having you as his mother well, he, he probably could
1: uh you but think? we're giving him as much time as we can
2: well i think uh if he can't, Marcy's going to have to go on the wild <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
11: he yeah, drinks uh, goat milk and enjoys uh, apples and granola <laughs> and occasional donut. He has been outside about six times. He takes off <laughs> for a few hours and then comes back. So we want to give him his, his best uh, chance to get started. And I understand, I heard from a friend of ours, that a copper used to have a little fawn that she was raising in Marble Falls and that it slept on the bed with her. <laughs> so I didn't really believe this story except now Bambino is sleeping on the bed.
3: Uh, oh, is, okay, he really? so I guess, yeah. is he really? <laughs> he
0: is he really? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we had neighbors who um, were sim- similar situation with an axis, um, but they did not put him out in the wild. They, they kept him in a fenced area. We We got to know him when we would go on our walks in the neighborhood and he would come up to the fence to be pa- p- patted. It, yeah, he, he, uh, when he was a, a baby, a fawn, uh, he was in their house. But he eventually got too big, too big to be in the house as an axis.
11: Well, he's gone from three ounces of goat milk a day to about six bottles of goat milk a
0: day. Oh, gee. You're thinking of getting him his own goat. <laughs> milk is about $10 a carton. Oh, gee. He's, he's well, well worth it. <laughs> I think Copper would definitely approve. Definitely <laughs> approve. So. Well, the question I have, you're not prepared for this, so maybe you don't know the answer. Uh, your parents are from Chicago, and you said um, Minneapolis. What brought them to Hill Country? Do you do you know?
1: Well, I think they already had the dream. Okay. They, my mother was from, yes, yeah, she was from Minneapolis, and uh, Tom. Was from Illinois. From Chicago. Chicago. And they met there in Chicago. And they had this crazy idea of starting a summer camp for mm-hmm. kids uh, in Texas, which neither one of them had spent much time in, I don't think. Except Tom in World War II was a
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: navigator in World War
3: II. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Tom and men
11: Mom and Dad came down to Texas during World War II, where our father was in a flight training. So that was the first time that they had uh, really spent time in Texas and San Antonio in the central Texas area. And then after the war, they decided to move down here. They moved to Houston, and uh, Tom opened up some of the uh, first uh, ADL offices, the regional ADL office, and uh, our mother set up some of the first programs uh, for speech therapy in the Houston school districts. But as Kinky said, they brought with them this dream to have to have a children's camp.
0: But that had to be a real culture shock coming coming from <laughs> Minneapolis <laughs> and Chicago to to Hill oh, yeah, Country. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they
1: fit in very nicely with it. And, <laughs> and uh, what I what I like to see is uh, that we're able to, on a complete charity basis, uh, keep uh, Echo Hill going and uh, making it vibrant and alive. It's a a great thing. I think uh, Tom and men are looking down on us. I think they would approve. I think they would. We're uh,
11: completely uh, supported by uh, donations. And as I said, there's been a wonderful group of folks who's rallied around us. uh, From the uh, Bandera American Legion Post 157, our friends at Spirits of Texas, our friends at UPS in Kerrville, Texas Hill Country Advisors, San Saba Caps, the Pipe Creek Horse Rescue, Tommy and Bamboo Shook. We have just a number of uh, uh, folks. Some are new friends, some are old friends, but people are really drawn to this idea. And as I said, there, there's room for everybody. If you'd like to participate in any way, please uh, check our echohill.org website and we'll be very happy to give you more information. We're always looking for volunteers.
1: No, no shrinks allowed. <laughs> What about lawyers? <laughs> lawyers, if a lawyer can make time to to, to, to to work with kids to volunteer is the word I was looking for, um, and he's he's one of us. It's fine. Yeah.
11: Well, our volunteers are just an amazing group. Everybody from active duty military to teachers and pediatricians, and we also this summer were able to have our first Gold Star Mentors. Uh, some of them were at Echo Hill last summer in our senior leadership training and have come back to serve as volunteer counselors. So that also was a very meaningful accomplishment for us.
1: I mean, uh, uh, Afghan, uh, some Afghan kids uh, as well as uh, kids from just all over the place. And uh, that's the, kind of the big difference between us and most of the camps in the country. It's a complete charity basis, and, and if, you, if you have the time, you know, time is the money of love. Time is more valuable than money. And, uh, of course, we like money. That's what <laughs> we survive on. But really, uh, 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 that's kind of, I'm kind of caught for words, and as a, a um, Gandhi-like figure, <laughs> as I describe myself, the literature. Sometimes I get off the track and I just talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: okay. okay. Well, 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 while we're on that subject, let's let's take a little break from talking about the camp. And um, do you have any uh, rec- recording projects coming coming up or ongoing that you that you would like to share with us briefly?
1: Uh, yeah the um, the the first record in a long time is uh, is on its way right now. We're we're wrapping it. We're working about halfway through, actually, uh, and it's called
11: Book of the Dead.
1: No, but that would be <laughs> a good title. <laughs>
11: <laughs> I called Book of the Dead. You no. changed the title. It's, uh, huh? Huh? Poet of Motel Six.
1: The poet of Motel Six. It's not a healthy sign when the uh, <laughs> author or the the guy who wrote the songs. Can't remember the title. <laughs> well, Einstein could so, never find his bicycle. So that's right. Albert Einstein could not find his bicycle. That's right. Princeton parked the bike park somewhere. Um. So, what was the question? <laughs> Echo Hill uh, means a lot to so many people, and so, so there are truly uh, uh, something something is happening there that's. a Awakening a lot of us, thats a beautiful thing to, to watch
0: and uh, to
1: stay in touch with us, uh, contact us.
0: And de- definitely provide support so they can have a successful camp year next year. Yes, absolutely.
11: We're already working on 2023. Mm-hmm. A yeah. great camp summer starts with the previous summer being a great time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we're talking with Marcy Friedman and Kinky Friedman about Echo Hill. And about some musical project, recording projects that Kinky has going on.
1: And there's secret projects that I can't reveal. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that are that Seriously,
0: that are that are moving ahead in, okay. in New York. Okay, well, we're looking forward to... Uh, You're going to be hearing about it soon. We're looking forward to that.
2: Well, K- Kinky, you uh, lived in New York for some time, did you not? I lived in New York. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I lived there about, I don't know, seven or eight years. And I lived in Nashville an equal amount of time. And in L.A., an uh, did, equal did, amount of time. I don't know why, I was, oh, seven years was about it. Did that. you live on Sunset
0: Boulevard in L.A.? Yeah. Okay.
1: And I lived in Borneo for two years with the Peace Corps, which was an experience. I'm sure, a, a great I'm sure it was. <laughs> a, a great experience, but a, a very interesting. Maybe some other time we'll discuss that.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we'd like to. Well, we want to have you back on. Uh,
2: You.
1: I'm sorry.
0: I'm much too busy to be (laughs) on. I'm sorry. I don't want to interfere with your social life.
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh, all of your uh, books, at least your your detective uh, novels, are based in New York. Did you do that deliberately? Since you lived in Nashville and L.A. as well.
1: Um, I find that. The best work is done some of the greatest work of my entire career was done in uh, far away places from where you are when you're writing the, the mm-hmm. work yeah mm-hmm. that's that is true
0: like and we're far away.
11: We'd like to thank you all uh, for having us here. It's been well, really great and we've appreciated well, all the support we've had Thank you over the last year again the website the website Brandt again
2: Radio. is echohill.org. So people should go to that. Thank you, Kinky Friedman and Marcy Friedman. See you down the highway. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we are are Bill and Allison, and we're wrapping up. And uh, thank you for joining us. I'll tell you that. Really? Uh, Allison, thank you. Uh, We'll be back next uh, Saturday, I guess, for two. No, we'll be filling in for Harley as well. Well, that's the following week. Okay, fine. Not not this week. Uh, Remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And that's from Proverbs, and uh, Amen. Amen as well. So uh, to take us out, uh, this is for Allison.